Hi, are you sick and tired of paying hundreds of dollars a month for cable or dish? GNR TV is your answer. These guys have an incredible 100% legal product that is a cord cutter's dream. For as low as $25 a month, you will get over 400 HD channels, including all major sports packages, pay-per-views, premium movies, and entertainment. To get started, all you need is a streaming device, such as an Amazon Fire Stick, internet, and a desire to save a ton of cash. No contracts, no credit checks, no hidden fees. I myself have been a subscriber, and I must say, this service is amazing. To learn more, search GNR TV on Facebook or Instagram, and I will also be posting a link on my pages to check out on my podcast website. Lastly, for first-time subscribers, use promo code SIRS30 to save $5 for your first month. GNR TV, streaming done right. Let's get slicing and dicing with Sir Sturdy Horror fans. On this podcast, you will hear me and a guest do some movie reviews, random funny horror chats, and whatever else comes to mind. So tune in, kick back, relax, and always remember, I'll see you in your nightmares. Well, just Jason's mask. How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? I got another fun episode of Horror with Our Sturdy. I got Whitney and Josh with me today. How's it going, you two? Hey, what's going on? I'm real excited about this one. Another Red Summer Massacre conversation and just some horror fans getting together talking some horror. So, Yeah, absolutely. Now, Josh, did you come up with the idea of the Red Summer Massacre or was it like a team, team effort type of thing? Um, it was actually a uh, team effort between me and Whitney at first, and then it was actually a Halloween fan film, which is <laughs> funny enough, kind of kind of odd that we went from a Halloween fan film to Red Summer. And what it was, uh, the Halloween fan film was actually, um, well, I can tell you because it's not going to happen right now. So um, the fan film was pretty much we were going to have this girl that was obsessed with John Carpenter's Halloween and wanted to become Michael Myers. And oh, interesting. so it was going to be a female Michael Myers, you know, like a copycat killer. Yeah. 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 And, um, she was going to, um, make these people believe that Michael Myers was real and everything. And it was gonna, um, become this big thing and yeah then red summer was born apparently <laughs> <laughs> that's cool though I, I do like i do like that idea of a copycat halloween killer i think that hey maybe you could do it sometime in the future yeah it would be um it would be fun it's just we got so many fan films now and I just like doing original pieces. Like it, it's fun if we could do it. I don't. I don't have an issue with fan films in general. It's just, it's it's so overdone now. With the fan films, and yeah, the fan films is so so overdone, and it's just which I don't have a problem with because I sit down and I enjoy every one of them, mm-hmm. it's, and they put a lot of heart and and uh, and uh, stuff into it. It's just 
is so many original stories that you can tell. Oh yeah. And my brain just doesn't work like fan film wise. Like I know I can make a good fan film. At least I would hope so. Um, but there's so many original stories. I, I have nightmares, man, that can make good horror movies. Okay. I like that's <laughs> so, what I like to hear. You ever thought about doing like an anthology type of horror? Uh, actually, yes. I was working on one a um, while back. I can't, I can't remember what I was calling it. I think it was called Neon Nightmares. Mm-hmm. And um, I had wrote some of the, the actual segments in it. It was about this... Uh, this disc, like a CD, bringing back the old days when CDs was popular, but um, the CDs of this band called Neon Nightmares, and whenever whoever listened to this CD would put these people in sort of like a dream state, and that dream state will make them have nightmares, and when they wake up from their nightmares, they committed some kind of horrible crime, oh, or or they would have robbed a bank, or they would have murdered someone, um, and I had... And each after each episode, the CD would get passed along to somebody, like somebody throw it in the trash or something like that, and somebody mm-hmm. would find it. That's interesting. That's real interesting. I like. I actually. I like that idea. Yeah, that, that's. Hopefully, I can get back to it, but I've just been so busy. Yeah, busy's good, though, man. Busy's great. Oh, it is. Yeah, it is. So, how is it working with Whitney? Uh, it's it's fun. <laughs> um. Her, she, uh, she has brought a lot to the table. Um, I couldn't imagine doing it with anyone else. That's cool. Aww. I'm gonna ask you that same question, Whitney. How's it working with Josh? Um, it's it's definitely been um, a pleasant experience. Um, it it's so refreshing to sit down with someone who has the same passion and love for horror mm-hmm. that you share. Um, and, and that's exactly what Josh has. So for us to, to sit down and talk about our thoughts and put it all together, it's, it's really been a fantastic experience. That's always the yeah. best to hear that. I love, I love when I hear that when people work together and actually enjoy working together, you're not doing it because you have to, it's like, okay, I, I really, I'm really enjoying working with this person. Like I, we have the same goal but we're enjoying it together, not, fuck, I got to I gotta come in and see him again. Damn. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm sure that this isn't going to be the only film that we're going to work on together. I'm sure that uh, we're going to be you know, lifelong friends for, from this, and I'm sure that we're going to work on many more together. That's awesome. Absolutely. That's awesome. I've Just from speaking with Whitney, as far as from the last podcast, she does have some awesome energy, which is, always great for the podcast and always great for just horror in general, that awesome positive energy that you need. And it's, it's very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Contagious in a good way. (laughs) Yeah, it is like, it's, I like, I really do like seeing that. And I like seeing how the red summer massacre, how the group has grown and everybody really seems to be involved and really wants to see this come out. And I think for us, as far as our group goes, Every single one of us has that same energy. Um, we've, we're just very lucky in the sense that we, we've been able to get a really good group of people together. And they're, like you said, they're happy about doing this project. They, they want to be involved. Um, 
and and that just makes for long shooting days and and that kind of stuff so worth it yeah I can imagine that. And then just, like, just seeing the other fans, like, from my standpoint, seeing the other fans that are just kind of watching in on the, what you guys are doing, what you guys are coming out with, I think that's real cool, too, how they're really, really involved in that and want to be involved in that any way, shape, or form. Yeah, and I think it's important to involve, you know, um, the fan base because I, me or Whitney or Zach, we couldn't make a movie without the fans. Mm-hmm. Um, the fans is what is driving us to, if it wasn't for the fans, Red Summer Massacre will not get made because I have put my heart and soul into this and I'm sure Whitney has too. And it's just nice to see everyone, you know, coming involved into the film. And that's why we made the group. That's why we made the page. So everyone that is a member of the group or likes the group or whatever, will see you know, the progress that we've made and we can get them involved and, you know, we can have giveaways and have fun with everyone because the fans is in the horror community are unique people and you don't normally find that anywhere else. And they, they love what they love and they love horror. And without the fans, you know, horror movies wouldn't get made without the fans. Very, very, very true on that. Very true on that. And I, again, as far as from a fan standpoint, it always feels good with the indie films and the fan films, how you guys make sure you involve the fans, even with, with the indie go goes like, Hey, you can get your name in the credits. You can get a Blu-ray or whatever the case may be. But as a fan of that, it makes us feel good that you're actually a part of something coming out. Like it really matters. The fans helping out with that versus like a big budget movie. It really doesn't matter if we go see that movie or not. It does in a sense of ticket sales and box office sales, but it does it in a sense of that movie actually coming out and all, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's going to come out yeah. either way. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's really important to me and I'm sure Whitney and everyone involved is, uh, feels just the same that we don't want to price gouge people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like without mentioning any, um, campaigns or whatever, some people do price gouge. Like, why would you sell a Blu-ray for 60 bucks? I don't, I don't, I don't get it because as a fan, you know, you've got to take care of your fans and yes, you need to make your budget, but we're going to be selling our Blu-rays for 30 bucks. It's the same price that you would probably get it at Walmart or something like that. Mm-hmm. It, I'm not going to sit here and double charge people for stuff. And, and it's fine if that's what you want to do and people are willing to pay that. That's fine. But also I care. I'm a fan myself and I know that. Uh, it would be almost impossible for me to pay $60 for a Blu-ray when my income is not, is not there. So I would like to make prices available for everyone. You know, I don't, I don't want to sell a Blu-ray for 70 bucks when I could sell it for 30 bucks and make just as much money. Very true. Very, very true. I, I mean, I, I guess I get it from both ends if, cause some of the ones that I have seen for like 60 plus, like some of them, the whole cast signs it and all that. And I guess I get that. Because if you look at it, especially if they have a safe, they have a couple names in there. You figure if you buy, say you buy the Blu-ray and then you go get it signed, it's going to cost about sixty just for that Blu-ray and then to get it signed from that one or two people, versus if yeah. the whole cast signs it. But if it's just if it's just the movie itself, nothing like no extra perks with it for sixty bucks. I think that's a little bit that's a little bit much. 
Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, if Kane Hodder's doing a movie and he's willing to sign the movie and and then Bill Mosley's in the same movie and sign it, that that's another story. But yeah. I've seen some campaigns that just sell just the basic Blu-ray, and it's not even pressing of the Blu-ray. It's just made on a DVD-R for 60 bucks, And I just think that's that's unfair to people. I get that. I get that. So what um all right, I'm gonna ask you the basic question now, Josh. What got you in the horror? Who or what got you in the horror? And what's like the first movie you remember that scared you? Uh, let's see. Um let me uh let me answer the first question first. Um because it's a longer story. Okay. So I wasn't introduced to horror until um I was probably around eight or nine, which is still young, but I grew up watching comedies and um, now comedy and horror goes hand in hand. Um, I think that real comedians can make great horror movies. I mean, look at Jordan Peele. Yes. Um, uh, Look at Bill Hader. He just, he just got out of um, it chapter two and he's a comedian. I Mm, mean, they're, they're doing really good stuff. And I grew up, man, watching Abbott and Costello and the three stooges, all the black and white comedies. And, it wasn't until I was introduced to the macabre sort of comedies when I started watching um, the Munsters and the Adams Family. That was my introduction to the macabre side. Like oh, it's still funny. Yeah, exactly. It's like <laughs> it's the macabre sort of comedy, but it is it, it's different. It's it's its own breed, and. You know, I was watching all this, and then I got introduced to the Albert and Costello films where, you know, that meets Frankenstein, and uh, Albert and Costello meets The Invisible Man. And I would watch these films, and it affected me in this way that not a lot of films do. And even at seven years old, it, it affected me. And then I remember my dad was a big VHS collector when VHS was popular, <laughs> Um he had these drawers on uh, little ball bearings that you could pull out and it'd just be filled with VHSs and some that he illegally recorded on old ass TVs. <laughs> <laughs> but he also had original VHSs and he had this shelf that I could not get to and it was full of the hardcore stuff like Evil Dead 2, mm. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Alice Sweet Alice, Cannibal Holocaust. And... I got a chair one day and I reached for the VHSs and I picked up Evil Dead 2. And of course, I'm eight years old, almost nine years old, and I'm watching Evil Dead 2, watching Ash cut his hand off. And it affected me in this way that it was, it was very overwhelming. It was like an overwhelming emotion that I enjoyed what I was watching on screen and I was hooked, man. Horror, that's when my love of horror began was Evil Dead 2. It, it, it shocked me in a good way. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, I just, I couldn't get enough. The next movie I watched was uh, Alice Sweet Alice. And that one's pretty rough for a kid, too. I didn't know what was going on most of the story, but I loved the blood. <laughs> and I loved how um, just the pacing of the film and everything was was gorgeous and one of the first movies i ever remember watching was um dracula bella lugosi's dracula and that holds a um special place in my heart because it was just a special film Mm -hmm. but now one of the movies that actually scared the shit out of me though was um 
Pet Cemetery. Oh, good choice. Um, Pet Cemetery affected me in a negative way, but I love it now. But in a negative way, as a kid, you know, it it startled me when uh, when the kid got hit by a truck. Okay, understandable. It was um, it was it was rough for me, and I I just remember my mom just freaking out over that scene because I was crying and. It just affected me in this way. It, it that scared me. Not the not the zombie cat or any of that. But it was, yeah, <laughs> it was the kid getting hit by a truck. <laughs> Which I get. I mean, because out of everything that happened in that movie, that's like the most. That's the realistic thing that can happen out of yeah, everything. Yeah, absolutely. So I get that. Great movie, by the way. Oh yeah, Pet absolutely. I, I'll, be, I'll be honest though. If, if I'm a fan of Pet Cemetery, I have to say I'm a Pet Cemetery two fan. You are you like saying? I love Pet Cemetery too, man. Clancy Brown, Edward Furlong, they just are awesome in that film. Nice, nice. See that? I like you know what's funny about horror though, like how you're saying how that movie really scared you as a kid. It didn't didn't deter you from watching horror at all. Like for me, I've had um what was it, Creep Show Part Two, the Hitchhiker movie, scared the hell out of me for some I look back at it now and laugh, but that scared the hell out of me as a kid. But I would like still want to watch these movies with my older siblings and cousins and all that. Like it didn't deter me from watching them. It's just like, okay, I, I might have to sleep with the lights on. You might have to walk me to the bathroom, but I'm still, I'm still gonna go watch these freaking movies. And it just now it's like, I mean now, obviously I still love it. I have a podcast for it, and it's just, I don't know. It's so it's just so cool and so rewarding being able to watch these movies and then getting people like you two on here and going to these cons and meeting so many people, so many just not just the celebrities but the fans in general. We all have that we all have that same interest of horror. Even if you like different, like my favorite genre is slasher. Some people like paranormal. I like it all, but my favorite is slasher. Everybody has like their own favorite little subgenres of the horror, but at the same time, we'll all come together to watch a horror movie just because it's horror. Yeah, and that's the beautiful thing about horror, man. It's like you can live in Texas and I live in North Carolina, but at the end of the day, I think we're going to be friends because we have so many interests and uh, and so many movies that we, you know, love. And that's the beautiful thing about horror that I don't think a lot of um genres have. The horror is its own special thing, and I think that's why People like Kane and Bill Mosley and Tom Savini, they all gather at these conventions to celebrate horror because they know they wouldn't get anywhere without their fans. And it's just really rewarding to um, to see things like that happen and people coming together. And they, they have clubs that that people go to that um, they watch horror movies. And I think that's I think that's awesome because oh, yeah. it, it's nothing like talking to a buddy that loves horror films. I know. I know. One of my best friends, he moved out to Colorado about two years ago now, but we grew up watching horror together. All the freaking, just, I remember, I still remember the weekend I bought um, Friday the 13th when it first came out on DVD. Yeah. And we were, we were too young to, to drink and like legally buy alcohol. So what we did was we got, we went and got the movie and got like a bunch of candy, chips and Red Bull for the week and just binged that the whole freaking weekend. And it was just great. I love times like that, like where you're, a kid, even as a kid, like you go to the um, to the video store, rent a movie, and you go back and watch it with your friends and whoever. And it's just, I just, it was just so cool. Like then, 
that back then, as far as renting the movies, you're like, oh wow, I want to. You just look at the movie cover. Oh, this looks like a cool cover. Let's let's go watch this. And that was it. That's all it took was a cool. The movie could have sucked, but the cover was amazing. And, yeah, and I think that's funny because it's like all the '80s and the '70s films. They all had cool covers. It yes. doesn't matter if it was a, a bad movie or a great movie. They all had great covers, and and you just don't get that nowadays. Like, of course, they have. You know, it's so, you can find covers out there that are that are really cool, but it's nothing like the '80s, man. The Not '80s all. had all the best VHS covers. Not, I, and I kind of I wish they still lean towards that. I get it because of the whole streaming aspect of everything, which is good and bad. The good thing about it is, hey, I want to watch this movie. It's on Amazon Prime. I really don't have to go anywhere. But the bad thing about it is it's like I have Amazon Prime, Netflix, Hulu. I have no idea what the hell. I, I have a million choices to watch. I don't know what I want to watch. Then you end up not even watching a damn movie because you're like, it took you two hours to find a movie. You're just like, I'm over it now. Forget it. Versus the video store. I mean, I'm just throwing out a random number out there. Say there's 50, 50 horror movies. You have those 50 movies to choose from. And on top of that, as a child, your parents are like, okay, you have 10 minutes to pick out a movie. And we're leaving. So it's like, okay, I, I, I got to choose something. Yeah, and then you get to the counter, and then your mom argues with the person because you have a late fee. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's usually your fault because you're like, wow, come on, just one more day. Let me play this game or watch this movie one more time. <laughs> Absolutely. God, my mom used to, oh, my gosh, she used to get so mad at me because <laughs> I would just keep things for so long. Like I would rent a game and then, it's because games were so expensive to rent. Say they're like three dollars for a one night rental, and you end up keeping it for oh, yeah. three nights. I mean, that adds up. Yes. And then my mom is like, "Good God!" And then I have to be, hear my mom in the car yelling at me the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> but it's oh man, like again, I I do love the whole streaming aspect of everything because, like I said, you don't have to. You literally do not have to leave your house if you don't want to to watch something. But at the same time, it's like. I miss the smell of the video stores and just going there, grabbing that. Cause it'd be like, you go there, you grab that, you get pizza, you get candy, you get some popcorn, some soda or whatever. And you just have a good weekend and you're getting together. Yeah. And at yeah, the same yeah. time, you're getting together with people too. Like your friends or family or whoever, you know, around your age group, you're getting together, watching these movies, playing these games. And we don't really have that anymore. Not as much. I mean, yeah, you can play games with people online, but it's still not the same as everybody sitting together. Watch, or same thing with movies, I guess. You can kind of do like a watch party or whatever, but it's not the same as sitting there watching a movie with your siblings and watching somebody jump and you're laughing. Everybody's laughing at that person for jumping. Or, you know, everybody's scared of the damn movie, but nobody wants to admit it. Like, are you scared? No, I'm not scared. I'm fine. Turn the light off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Or you're accidentally falling asleep. And oh, then yeah. They're like, are you falling asleep? No, I'm watching the movie. Funny story about that. With um, No, nah, I mean, I wasn't a kid then. When the Friday the 13th came out in 09, my brother and I went to go see the... Well, okay, here's a real funny story with this. So it came out on Friday the 13th, obviously. It came out in February. And I only remember this because for whatever reason, we couldn't go see it that Friday. It was me. My, I call him my brother, my best friend, but, you know, whatever. Lives out in Colorado yeah. now. And then my cousin and my brother. So we all go to see this movie together. And be <laughs> we go to see it on Valentine's Day. And just, this is the only time we've done this. The only reason why, like, me and my brother, right? My brother and my cousin went to go inside. Me and my brother went to the other side. We paid at separate windows just because it was Valentine's Day. 
And usually, <laughs> usually, like, usually, like, if one of us, you know, like, if we're all going, like, here, here's the money, you just pay for all the tickets or whatever. But because it was Valentine's Day, I was like, yo, I'm going to this window, you go to that window. Not only that, but we left a seat in between us. Whoa. I was like, I don't want, I was like, we're not sending the wrong message. <laughs> but so we did that that weekend. And then, like, the following weekend, we went to go see it again. And I'd already seen the movie, so I was dozing off. And this asshole was throwing candy at me. <laughs> Scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I was like, what the hell was that? And he's like, you falling asleep? I was like, no, I'm wide awake. I was like, well, I was just hitting you with candy. But just, like, stuff like that is why I, one reason I love watching movies like that with people, you know, like with good friends and all that, because you don't, you don't get those moments through the internet. You don't, no. you're not going to get those moments. Through, not that it's, the internet's great and all, but I'm just saying you don't get those moments as far as, like, sitting in that room with your friends, your family, people you grew up with watching these movies and messing with each other during the movie. It's, it's the best. Yeah, absolutely. It is. Um, I've had some, some good, really good times going to the, uh, the blockbuster and movie mm-hmm. gallery. And, um, we still actually still have a family video around here, Really, but they never really have anything, anything good. It's like, it's a dying format video. Video stores are dying out, and it's really sad. And I'm I'm glad that some of them are coming back, like for the nostalgia aspect of yeah. it. But they're not getting business, and it really sucks because it it's memories, you know. Mm-hmm. It is. I mean, it's it does suck though. Like just the vintageness of it. It, it sucks. Like I I love how there's a lot of like um old school games, video game stores opening now that's selling like regular Nintendo games and all that. But they keep up, the thing with them is they keep up with the times. Like they'll sell from, you know, say Atari all the way up to whatever's out now, like PS4. And I feel that's where the video circuit would hurt because it's like, yeah, you might have even if you have newer movies, you still don't. The streaming aspect of it is what what really hurts. Yeah. Right. Like say if I mean Blockbuster when that before that shit the bed if they would have bought into say Netflix or some sort of streaming service they might have still been relevant. With a store, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. And then they had that, um, <clears throat> what are they, uh, Blockbuster released that uh, that video store, a little uh, like Redbox. Okay. I Do you remember know. that? I didn't know they did that. Yeah, they, they released that, but Redbox put them out of business because Redbox is, um, came out at the same time, I believe. Redbox and, is, and they cut all the prices down, and Redbox would beat their prices, and it just it just suffered from that, and then it just disappeared. It's so sad. Kids will never know how it feels to just go to the video store and grab a nice horror movie and sit home and enjoy it. No, they won't. It's it's rough. I love it though. What I do, I think, what I can say, what I love about the technology now is. Well, for one, the podcast doing stuff like this, but it gives the fans a chance to make a movie, whether that be an independent horror movie or a fan fan made film. Anybody can anybody can. I'm not saying it'll be a great movie, but anybody can do it now. Just with your freaking cell phone, you can just have a handful of friends, have some ideas, write a little script, do a little short, and just kind of throw something out on YouTube, which I think is cool because you get you get fresh ideas and you get ideas from people, or even if it's a recycled idea. You get it from people who are actually really fans of that genre, not just somebody who's doing it for a check. Like, they really enjoy this because they're taking their time and their money, no matter if they spend a dollar or a thousand dollars or however much they spend, to, you know, to make this creation, to do this art. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everybody's a filmmaker. You know, if you got a phone, you're a filmmaker. You can Um, be, yeah. And I love just looking on YouTube, looking at, uh, I just type in short films and I watch all the short films because short films are a way that people express themselves without having to spend $100,000 to make a film. Mm -hmm. And you can really see the creative side to to short films and that's where um the uh, director from the new evil dead i can't remember his name um, horrible names. oh god he was the director of the new evil dead remake he done a short film and sam remy watched his short film and decided to hire him for evil dead oh, nice. and and it's just amazing that even directors like sam remy watches short films to get talent and it's just amazing i like that i like i like that i never knew that but that's cool that gives people that shot that they always want that opportunity they always want you just got to go go try it yeah absolutely i will say though your guys trailer was a fun freaking trailer that was very very enjoyable thank you i like how it started i like how it started out kind of calm like a um just like a commercial you would see on tv honestly like just Hey, mom, I want to go there. And then you see the rest. Like, Never mind. <laughs> I don't think I want to go there anymore. Nah, man, you know you want to visit. I don't want to end up tied up. <laughs> Crying and bleeding. I can neither confirm or deny that. Yeah, well, I seen the trailer. <laughs> that was that, but it did it did look like a good time though, as far as like just doing all that, doing those scenes and everything. That was that was real cool how you guys did that. Thank you, thank you. Now, was that all your creation, like your mental creation? Did that come out how you, uh, or better question, no, did that come out how you pictured it? Uh, yes. I wish that it would have, um, uh, I wish I would have had a deeper voice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought was, your voice sounded good. Nah, I, I put this country twang on it and everybody <laughs> makes fun of me now. But it, it works though. I mean, if you have well, the, Summer is kind of, you know, out in the country. Yeah, I guess you're right. And like, as far as the com- as far as the first part of it goes, where it seems like a commercial, you want that friendly voice because that's what's going to drive you to go there. If you have a voice that's going to scare the hell out of you, like, fuck no, I'm not going to that. I don't care how nice this place looks. Yeah, the initial goal was to make it exactly like that. Was the commercial that was mine and Whitney's vision, and uh, Zach as well. It was our vision, and I think it turned out rather well. Um, we got a lot of good positive feedback for it. Of course, we we've had some bumps in the road with some uh, with some issues about us being, um, you know, you know, just people trying to sabotage you. Oh yeah. But but everybody has to deal with that at some point. But other than that, I thought it was a completely uh, original idea, and yeah, I think it turned out rather well. You know, of course, you got Whitney tied up. What's uh, not good about that? That was awesome. <laughs> She did a great job with that. Like I, I liked just seeing her in that small. I don't remember how how long that clip was, but in that small clip, you seen like it seemed like real fear, which was awesome. It wasn't like it didn't seem like it was acted. It seemed like real fear, like really being uncomfortable and really not wanting to be there. Not that I want you to be uncomfortable, but you know what I mean. Like you really did not want to be there. It looked like like shit. This place, this sucks. <laughs> Get me out of here, type of thing. 
Well, we knew, um, since I have the morgue table in my dining room, we knew that we kind of wanted to incorporate that somehow. So when Josh and Zach and I started talking, that's kind of how it all came together. And they were like, you know, what if you just lay on the table like you're bound, gagged, you know, throw in a little bit of blood, and then there you have it. It was great, though. It was yeah, great. and the and the best thing about that scene is, like you said, it doesn't feel like she was acting. It um, it felt like she was actually tied up, and that was the um, that was the whole thing that we were going for. Like we wanted it to make it seem like a snuff film without actually being a snuff film. Like you know how people accidentally record over stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how we kind of imagined it. Like somebody had accidentally recorded over this film and somebody had found it and they played it and the commercial and then the whole tied up and bound thing. And I think Whitney done fantastic and that's exactly why she's acting in the film. That's that's another thing I really, really liked about it was the whole VHS tape over. I'm like, okay, what's about to happen now? The first time I see him, like something crazy has to happen and it was wild. <laughs> It was wild. And then I like how it went from the calm, you know, friendly, cool, let's go here, to never mind, let's not go here, to back again, like, oh, you know, this looks like a good time again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that that was the goal. We're trying to get people to come in. But unfortunately, we had the bound and gag um, situation. So I don't know if people are going to visit Red Summer now. (laughs) You never know. Some people are into that kind of stuff. But I guess you're right. (laughs) I don't think they know about the whole, like, Listen, when you're tied up here, you know, there's no safe word. You're going to die after. You're not, this isn't, you know, the fun stuff. Yeah, we should advertise it as a BDSM place. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's how you, that's how you hook them in there. And then, you know, you hook them up to stuff. Yeah. But it, like I said, though, the trailer really was done well. And I can't wait to see your guys' next trailer for this movie. That I'm excited for. Well, hopefully, uh, we're not very sure on it, but we're going to try to um, get it out before February 7th, before our Indiegogo campaign uh, kicks off. We're going to try to do, um, it's like a clip trailer. We're going to have this um, one scene, and of course, we're going to throw in a couple small scenes in it, but Mm -hmm. it's going to be a full scene that you're going to be able to see from the film, if we can get everyone up here and and everyone ready to do it. That's interesting. I can't wait to review it again. I'm already thinking about it. <laughs> well, what we have in mind, I think you'll, uh, I think you'll like it. Um, it's going to give a little. It's not going to give too much away in the film, but you're going to get to see the, um, the. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and tell you that we have uh, three witches in the film, and these three witches, you're going to get to see at least two of them, and you're going to get to see uh, Crystal Cleveland, Cleveland act a little bit, and um, uh, you might get to see some of the outside of red summer and inside of red summer and uh we're working on getting a sign made right now so it's coming together nice yep this sounds this is gonna be good this is gonna be i can just feel it's gonna be a good movie well i'm uh you need to come down and visit the set man (sighs) believe me if if between work and finances if i could i would you're not the first person that said this to me. I'm just like, if, if it was that easy, I'd be visiting all these indie, indie horror sets that people are like, hey, you should come check it out. Okay. Look, well, how about this? When the film is made, we're going to send you an exclusive copy. How about that? That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I will have a request. I would love for you guys to sign it. Yeah, absolutely. That's just one thing 
I remember going to like a bunch of cons and stuff. And when I do, you know, when I do buy the indie films, if it, I'm like, were you involved in this movie? Yeah. Can you please sign this? And they're always, are you sure? Yeah, you're involved in the movie. I want your signature. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. I, like, I just, I love it. If, if it's art, I love, I love, horror is my favorite genre, hands down. And I just love, love the community. Everybody's so freaking friendly, which almost seems weird because we watch the most wild, weird, fucked up, violent movies you can think of. But yeah, then, exactly. You know, you get somebody that watched Cannibal Holocaust, and then you get somebody <laughs> that um, is just the nicest person. Yeah. Like, hey, are you hungry? You need something to eat? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't I, eat people. And I had told, um, when we talked uh, two weeks ago on the podcast, that once we finish, that we'll be doing the convention things to get word out there and, and that kind of thing. So you'll definitely have to meet up with us. Oh, definitely. That's at a con. At a con yes. I, that has to happen. That definitely has to happen. Meeting up at a con or cons. Uh, Cause those, sure. I love that freaking atmosphere. It's, it's like the it's best atmosphere. It's awesome if we could even get it to possibly screen. Yes. That would be um, amazing. I'm working on that right now, actually. Um, I have a um, few people that asked us when we finished um, filming to send it to them for a screening. So there you go. There's yep. actually a con that I go to every year. I've been going for the past few years now, but seeing as now I started to pay attention more, <laughs> they do a um, they have a film fest there. I just found this out. I think I just found this out this past either this past October or last October. I don't remember which one it was. I was like, oh, shit. I was like, when did you guys start doing this? They're like, we've always been doing this. So <laughs> it's uh, it's Scaricon. Okay. They, they do it in October. But, like, once they haven't announced anything yet as far as the con, it's way too soon. But once I hear something, and if you guys are done, I don't, like, I don't know anything about Film Fest. I don't know anything about sending people to the movie or whatever. I don't know how any of that works. But once I can get information as far as when or who, well, I know who you got to send it to. I'll let you guys know that. I'll give you the guys' email and all that. Okay, great. But it's like I said, as far as like when, I don't know how any of that stuff. <laughs> I'm just like the connect guy. I don't know how anything else works. I'm like here. I well, got good last week about um, entering into a Canadian film be, festival. That's awesome. That would be cool. Yeah. You know, um, Aaron, you can always uh, put up a big old screen in the backyard and screen it there. Me? That would be <laughs> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that that would be cool. That would be cool. I can't wait to. I just can't. I really can't wait to see this movie and like what's gonna happen with it. Your guys' ideas for it and just because I, I what I liked about this trailer too was again you got the friendly, you got the crazy, and then you got the friendly. I'm like so. I know something wild, real wild's gonna. There's gonna be no shit mo- moment in this movie. Probably plenty of them, which I love though. It's like holy shit, what the fuck? Why did this? Why is she going in there? Type of deal. And I, yeah, it's it's gonna be wild. We got a we got a few um, oh shit moments in the movie. Those are always the best. And then I, I even like the the ones where people complain about all the time, where you know the killer's upstairs and you run upstairs. I'm like, I don't know why she's running up there, but I get it because you have to for the movie. Because she just runs out the front door, the movie's over. So yeah, yeah, let her go upstairs and get killed or whatever. And, and the be- movie's gonna have um, 
the the best of all elements in there. It's going to be, you know, some of the slasher gore, and then it's going to have um, some of the monster, and then uh, kind of like a slow burn psychological mindfuck. That works. So. That works for me. And lots of blood. Yeah, there's going to be a lot in here for everyone. So. It's going to, um, if you're a fan of a monster film, then you'll be a fan of this. If you're a fan of a slasher, you'll be a fan of this. If um, you like stuff like Midsommar and The Witch, you'll love it. It's going to, it's it's the best of both worlds. And I think um, with all three of our heads combined, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be insane, man. Like we got some scenes in there that is going to be throwbacks to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Um in all kinds of films, it's gonna be it's gonna be insane. I can't wait. I cannot wait. So what um, what got you into the, to the whole directing thing, Josh? Um. Well, the thing is, I never wanted to be a director. It was always the plan was is is for me to be an actor, and um, I took theater in high school and I really enjoyed, you know, acting. I, I love making people laugh and everything. And a chance came for me to start directing a play. I think it was a Peter Pan play. And that um, was my first real intro to directing. Mm-hmm. And I loved being behind the camera and telling people, um, you got to swing from the rafters. You have to go over here and do that. And I, I just loved it because I saw my vision come to life, even though it okay. was Peter Pan and it was all written down and I had a, a outline I needed to go by, but I still put some elements of my vision in there. That's cool. And so after Peter Pan, um, that was my first semester of theater. I directed Peter Pan and then I kind of took at my second semester, I became a um, kind of, I don't want to say alumni of theater, but I was able to kind of do what I wanted to mm-hmm. sort of thing. And so I would direct these skits and I mostly directed comedy skits, but then I started getting into the horror and the comedy and then just playing horror and it was it was fun, man. I, I loved every second of it. Of course, you know some of my skits fell so flat. It was it was not even funny. Like some of them were just terrible. And it, it's my first real um, introduction to people booing at my skit, and then people applauding my net skit. And mm-hmm. it was just it's a really nice um, nice thing to make people laugh and to make people scared. And I just loved it. And I just I wanted more of it, and here I am directing my directorial debut, and it's amazing so far. That's awesome. Do you guys have a date set of when you want the movie out, or at least shopping the film fest? Or, um, not at the moment. We're we're hoping that we can film the actual um, the whole movie within twelve days. It's that's that's the goal is twelve days because we don't want to take people. Because some of our actors are from California and Las Vegas, and we don't want to bring people down here to set for two weeks, three weeks at a time, because everyone has a life, you know? Yeah. Understandable. But the the plan is that we're going to film it in 12 days, even if it's got to be broken up to where we film five days here 
and then two months down the road we'll film another five days mm-hmm. it, just as long as it's not too far apart because we do have the seasons and everything to worry about um but hopefully we can have it completed and we can at least talk about distribution before december i think it would be nice that people can order this this film for christmas and stuff like that so we're gonna we're gonna push for getting it all completed and out this year but we're not even going to start filming until until the end of august so it's going to be a push but if everyone can um well i think we can make it happen i agree and and a lot of like uh pickup shots and stuff like that can be done without the bulk of the cast and so forth yeah where are you guys shooting uh, Lexington, Virginia, over there at um, Whitney's uh, farm. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really she was cool. uh, kind enough to uh, lend us her farm so we can destroy it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's perfect. It's four hundred acres. Uh, it's basically like what the commercial is. It's it's all of those things. See that? I like that. I like that's awesome. And, and one of the best things about it is we're going to try to limit the green screen. Like, we're going to have to use green screen for – there's one specific scene that we're going to have to use a green screen just because we don't want to put actors in danger. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not going to be anything that you, – you won't notice the difference because we're going to take uh, – it's pretty much not a still shot but a b-roll shot mm-hmm. and the way we're gonna do it is set it up to where there's not a lot of um there's not a lot of green screen being used but we can't have people jump off the side of a cliff <laughs> no i don't think that's a good idea <laughs> so we're gonna try to limit the green screen hopefully for just that one scene um but hopefully it looks really good from what from what i can tell i, I hope it's gonna look really good but just about everything is going to be practical and I, I'm, I'm really pushing for everything being practical, but I just can't, I can't put actors in danger. No, I understandable. And I respect the whole, well, first of all, actor safety is one. And then two, what horror fan doesn't like practical effects? <laughs> we all yeah, love exactly. it. We all love it. I know I do for myself. And the beautiful shots are, are just simple. The, yeah, and we, we're going to have, um, from the seasons that we're going to be filming, you know, it's right there at August, and it's going to be beautiful. And we have, um, my brother-in-law actually has a um, drone that is going to be shooting with us. He's going to come down and shoot some uh, over-the-tree shots and um, stuff like that, like chasing through the uh, wood shots, nice. stuff like that. So it's going to be really cool. He's got a, um, a really good drone for that, and... Um, it's going to be exciting, man. It's going to be a beautiful time of the year, I think, at least. Hopefully it doesn't rain. Um, of course, we can't set Whitney's barn on fire. She won't let us do that. So See, That's where she draws the line, huh? She draws the line at fire. Damn. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. But we still get to have, like, an outdoor fire pit scene and that kind of thing. Yeah. So. Maybe she'll change her mind. <laughs> Well, even if she does it, I'm just going to walk over there and just catch it on fire. There you go. And, and then Whitney's going to be freaking out that I set her barn on fire. I'm like, look, it's for the film. <laughs> it's for the movie. <laughs> it's for the movie. Just deal with it. <laughs> that's, 
that's cool though. I mean, you guys are shooting it on her farm, which I'm sure saves a ton of money. I don't know how. Again, I don't know how any of this stuff works as far as the film filming goes, but it saves money, and I'm guessing you don't have to get permits for certain things because it's right on your own property. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's going to be, uh, it's going to save money in the long run because I've, I looked at a plantation place for one of the locations before I contacted, uh, well, before me and Whitney had um, consulted about it, I contacted the plantation because they had a, a good amount of scenes, uh, scenes that I would want to shoot there. And they were, they were asking like $5,000 a day mm. just to shoot a movie. And that was on the outside, not even the inside. And Damn. I just couldn't imagine doing it anywhere else. Plus, her farm is, from what I've seen, pictures and everything, it's beautiful. And it matches exactly where what we're going for. That's good. That's good. And that time of year, the corn is going to be full growth. So that just adds an extra element of the creepy factor. Yes, because I've never been in a cornfield, and I do not plan on going in one. After watching Children <laughs> of the Corn, I'm going to get caught by one of them sneaky bastards. <laughs> I'm good. Uh, hey, after you watch Red Summer, you're not going to want to go into a cornfield either. See? No. That's, that's what I like, though. Like, I like those movies that really, even though you know it's not real, like Jaws, for example, that scared a lot of people from going in the ocean. I mean, sharks are real. They really do kill people here and there, but... Something like that, or even, I'll say, to an extent, maybe as a kid with your imagination, Friday the 13th, going camping, going in the woods, just like, you know what, it's nighttime, we're going to stay inside now, we're going to behave, but in the morning, we'll go out there. I love that. I tell you a movie that scared the shit out of me when it comes to cornfields. It wasn't even Children of the Corn, it was Signs. Oh, I haven't seen that in a while, but yes, I I can see why you say that. I mean, regardless if you can believe in aliens or not, Signs was a terrifying movie. I agree. I agree with that. It was strange. Yeah, exactly. Damn, when did I see that? I got to see that again now. It's such a good movie. It really is. Um, any horror fan would love Signs. It's one of M. Night Shyamalan's best. He's brilliant. He is, yeah. Do you have any other... Uh movie ideas up your sleeve yet josh i'm sure you do um yeah actually uh that we have a god i'm working on a bunch of things um so we got red summer hopefully we can film that this year and then i have a film that i actually had written the script for the script is complete and it is actually getting looked at by a representative that has worked at trauma okay and and I, I, a lot of people have heard about this, but it's called The House That Eats Flesh. Interesting. That, um, so that one's, that one's completed, but haven't filmed yet. So, But my next film is actually um, going to be another movie that me and Zach have been writing called uh, Cannibal Road. Mm. And um, that one's pretty much a uh, kind of wrong turn-esque movie about a road in Ohio named Cannibal Road. And it's actually a legit road, but... And unfortunately, nothing bad happens on Cannibal Road. It's just a long-ass road. But in our film, it's going to be a massacre. And it's pretty much centered with three people. And it's going to be it's going to be fun. So I'm excited for that one, too. Nice, nice. And I, I just got to get past Red Summer. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. I get it. 
And that uh, that sounds interesting too, because those wrong turn movies, they're just for the kills alone, they're fun movies. They're real fun. Yeah, they movies. are. They start yeah, no, going and, downhill um, later in the series, like any other freaking franchise. But yeah, yeah, I still watch every single one of them. I've heard they were making another one. Yeah, they are. The um, I believe you know it's crazy. I believe they're actually being shot in Ohio. I could be wrong. Oh and, really? Um. But yeah, they're supposed to be doing it. I don't know if they started or not yet, but I'm real interested in that. Oh, okay, interesting. I didn't know they were filming in Ohio. That would be cool. I mean, it'd be cool if they film it on Cannibal Road too. They're oh, taking my idea, not. pretty much. I guess. <laughs> 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 no, but um, Red Summer is the main one that I'm excited for because the stuff that we have come up with is um, unlike anything else. I, at least I have seen in film. It's it's going to be wild. If you're a fan of monster movies, slasher movies, it, it's it's got it all, man. And it's it's going to be brilliant. And we're talking to some people about coming in for the film as well. That's um, It's going to be awesome. That's that's what I like to hear, though, man. Like, I just, again, I can't, I can't wait to see the vision on screen. I can't wait to see the action. I can't wait to see the next trailer. Like, that's how excited I am. But I can't wait to see the actual movie. And I'm just like, oh, shit. I was just talking about this with these guys. Now look. <laughs> I think it's going to be a real experience. Yeah, and we got three people, me, Zach, and Whitney, that are working very hard on this film. Zach is working his ass off right now trying to to write the script because I'm a visionary. It's it's hard for me to write stuff because I see it in my head, but as far as putting pen to paper, it's rough for me, and I don't know why. And I have written scripts. I started out as a writer, but... Mm -hmm. For this film, I think Zach has the talent because he loves cinema, he loves horror, and some of his favorite movies are cinematic horror. And that's kind of where we're going with this. Not to say I don't love Grindhouse filling movies and stuff. Those are awesome. But for this particular film, I want it to be a surprise. Like With a a title like Red Storm Massacre, you're probably thinking it's going to be a Grindhouse film. But... I can guarantee you it's not going to be exactly a Grindhouse film. Just from the the shots from the trailer, I was like, this is beautiful. It's just the cinematography. I always just noticed that. I mean, I guess it's obvious. You notice that, like, right away. I'm like, this is shot really well. And then I like how it got, again, with the, the recording over, how it looked kind of gritty and grainy, but it's supposed to for that, and it worked so freaking well. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm in. I'm all in for this one. Yeah, and um, I think it's important to have a really good DP and um, because you don't want to watch a film that doesn't have good P, d- good DP work but has good acting. It's just it's one of those things that needs to blend well together. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really important. I don't care if I have to pay $6,000 to get a DP down here. I want the movie shot well. And that's – I respect that. I really do. Yeah, we, we, we got a few people um, that we're looking into. Um, one of my friends from down here in North Carolina wants to do it, but we also, um, I'm looking into uh, Derek Huey, who um, has filmed uh, Teacher Shortage, and um, which is our producer, Samantha. It's her uh, boyfriend. So okay. we're, we're going to look into him as well because he's done some really good work. So. Oh, that'll be that'll be good though. I can't. I really can't wait to see what you guys put together and future future projects as well. But Red Summer Massacre, I know that's like the 
main focus right now. But I also know as just me from being a podcaster slash YouTube, the things I do on YouTube, you'll have like a certain idea. You're like, okay, like for me with the trailer reviews, like, all right, I'm getting ready to do this trailer. But I have like 10 other ideas in my head for either an episode or something. I'm like, okay, just focus on this one though, Aaron. Slow down. It gets it gets crazy sometimes because like I'm the type like, again, like I told you guys in the beginning of the episode, I'm more of like a freestyler because if I write things down, it gets way too jumbled as crazy as that seems versus if I just kind of think of it as jumbled as it is, somehow I make it make more sense in my head than I do pen to paper. Way more sense in my head. Yeah, and I have a really bad uh, issue with getting myself overwhelmed. It's like, oh, I have a good idea for a movie. Let me write this down. Oh, I have another good idea for a movie. Let me write it down. And then I'll get caught up writing three scripts at the same time, and it all blends together, and it just becomes a mess. So right now I'm trying to teach myself how to slow down and do one thing at a time. Mm -hmm. And luckily that we have a really good team that's working on Red Summer that we, we each everyone is helping each other out and i think that's really important yeah i think that that's really good that's real awesome that's real awesome of that and uh, as far as you you said you're writing like three different scripts at once sometimes that could be a way to do an anthology though you said they kind of yeah. blend together at some point just don't think of it like that when you're writing it and then like oh shit you know what this could be an anthology you put that to the yeah, side. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it would be it'd be nice to do an anthology. I, if if I do an anthology, I would love to have you know Whitney write a um, write a uh, scene or the uh, one episode, and then Zach write another episode, and I write another episode, and we put it all together and make it an anthology movie. I think that would be uh, I think that would be awesome as well. I do too. <laughs> and even jumping off your guys' idea of the um, the Halloween the copycat killer yeah. kind of doing an anthology with that you have halloween you have friday the 13th you have nightmare on just different if you wanted to go that if you wanted to go that route of you know somebody who's obsessed with these horror movies i think that'd be fun that'd be fun to see oh, on the screen that's uh that's actually a really good idea i like that idea that's that'd be real fun to see i just throw ideas out there i don't have the talent to do it so i'm like okay I'm, i i need to at least see it <laughs> But I think that would be a fun, fun thing. But Red Summer Massacre first, I get it, because I, I want to see, I need to see that. So you guys got to, you know, hurry up, please. <laughs> We're already writing a sequel. See, that's what I like to hear. <laughs> and now it's just going to make me want to see that, too. So you need to get them both out. <laughs> What's your goal as far as, like, directing, though? I mean, like, um, like a uh, long-term goal, like where do I see myself kind of yeah. thing? And I don't, I don't necessarily mean financially cause everybody financially wants to be like financially set. I just mean like your, your personal goal, like something you'll be take finances out of it. Like something you'll be, you'll be very proud of. Like that goal you'll be real, real proud of that you have to achieve. That's more important than money. Um, personally, everything is better than money. Um, family is better than money. But if you were asking me, where do I see where I want myself to be? Where would I be proud at? It would be seeing my movie in Walmart. Okay. It's just it's something as simple as just seeing seeing directed by Josh on the screen or something that gets fully made and just seeing people 
taking selfies with my movie and meeting people who say they love my movie. Um, that that's where I see myself in in, in the future. That that's all I want. I don't. I don't want to be a millionaire because more money, more problems. <laughs> um, I just, I'm a simple guy. I, um, I live a simple life and I, I just see myself walking into Walmart, seeing my film sitting on the shelf and people buying it. And that, that, that's my goal, man. See that right? I like that answer because it's, it's a real, <clears throat> excuse me. It's a real humble answer instead of being like, like you didn't even mention, I, I said nothing with finance, but you didn't even mention like just being like, say the most famous director ever or just like well known you just i just want to see my movie in stores that's awesome right there like i respect that a lot yeah if i could just get red summer made and even if that is the only film that i ever make it just as long as people like my movie i'm fine with that i can retire on that see and that's good that's great right there because then it makes your i think it makes people want to see your work more than and there's nothing wrong with wanting to be the greatest wanting to be rich and all that but i'm saying if you take I look at it like if you take that out of it as far as wanting to be rich and famous, if that's all, if that's the only reason why you're doing something, I don't really see people achieving that or putting their all into it because it's going to be like, look, I want to do this. I want to be the richest person doing this and, you know, the most famous person doing this. But you're not going to really put your all or put your heart into it because once you don't see those instant results, you're going to give up. Like, I didn't get, I didn't reach my goal. Even if it's, say, Red Summer Massacre, if that was your goal, that's your first movie, that's your only movie. It may or may not be your best work, but I'm saying, like, if that's your main goal, you're not really going to go anywhere with that versus what you're just saying there. I just I just want my movie in Walmart and Target. I just want people to enjoy the movie, to enjoy the experience. And I can be happy off of that no matter how much money I make off of it or how oh, much yeah. I have to put into it. People, if I see my movie in Walmart, I'm good for life, man. I mean, see, that's, that's awesome. just, it's it's something about that to me. Like that, that's my long-term goal. I, I don't care if it takes me 10 years. If I see my movie in Walmart, I mean, that makes it all worth it to me. And, you know, growing up, I never had the best, um, role models. I never had, I, my family grew up poor, so I don't know what it's like to have money. Of course, now, you know, I work for what I have and mm-hmm. I've built what I have with my bare hands. So I know what it's like to put in the work, but, I, I didn't grow up in a wealth in a wealthy family, and my parents never followed their dreams. Or uh, my dad worked at um, for the city, worked construction, and my mom drove a school bus. I mean, it's not like my family grew up as a famous director yeah. or anything like that. And I never have had anything handed to me. I've had to work for everything I have, and I think people that grow up humble like that, they're the ones that's going to be rich and famous without the money. Yeah. I get what you mean. It's, 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 it's the people that grow up in these type of backgrounds that they know what it's like to put in the work. They Mm -hmm. know what it's like to, um, chase their dreams and they don't care about money. They don't care about fame. I don't care if not one person knows my name. Yeah. It's just, if they like my film, they can say they hate my film, but they watched it. That that would be amazing to me. Just have eyes on the screen. That's it, and I like that. I like that a lot. And going back to what you're just saying, how you didn't grow up, you know, in a famous family, rich and famous family. That could be, that could be a, a really good thing in a sense of like, say, if your parents were the biggest directors out there, horror directors, and then you go and do that, then everybody's like, okay, now you have to live up to what they did. You, if you don't, no matter how successful you are, if you're not at least as successful as they were. 
people just bad. Oh, this sucks. Well, his dad and his mom did this, 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 and he just did this. Like, oh, come on, it's a waste. People, I'm not saying that it would be a bad thing if you grew up in an environment like that, but that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> that's a whole lot of pressure versus someone who just, you know, you grew up a regular normal life. You love horror, and you're like, I want to try something. Here's my yeah, vision. Absolutely. And I feel like. Now, again, not speaking for everybody, because there is a lot of rich and famous people that grew up rich and famous that bust their ass as kids. Their parents make them like, look, I earned this. You need to earn this, too. Yeah. And, but as far as, like, for you, I feel you'll be way more appreciative of your film coming out, getting into stores versus, you know, way more appreciative of it than if you had the financial backing and all that. If you grew up rich and it was just like, boom, all I have to do is call you know, called so-and-so. He lives down the street. So-and-so is my neighbor. I can just call these people and get this done. And it's, it's done like that. And it's going out there. Exactly. And this is an experience for all of us. I mean, we're going to have to put in the work, getting the crowdfunding. And it's not like I can call up someone and say, hey, give me $15,000 to make this film. We're all going to have to work our asses off to get this money. And it's the experience that I'm looking forward to. Even if we... Even if we don't make our budget, I'm still mm-hmm. going to make the movie. Even if I have to take out a loan, if I have to sell my car, if I have to sell something, I'll do it. If I have to sell my testicles, I'll do oh, it. Oh, man. See, I couldn't. Because um, I, I have faith in this film. I have faith in my cast. I have faith in Whitney. I have faith in Zach. I have faith in all of them. And it's just an amazing experience working with all these amazing people and it, it has made me a better person just knowing all these people, and it, it's, it's amazing. See, and that's I love the, I love how humble you are. Though. That's so awesome. Like you just like it's not just like okay, this is my movie, this is my idea. You're talking about your whole team, which is awesome. And I mean, again, like I had Whitney and Mia on a few weeks ago, and those two were just same thing. So humble, so nice, so friendly, and they're talking about everybody as a team, not just me, 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 which. Again, I feel like that, in the long run, it brings you a lot further than just being about yourself and worrying about yourself and, like, riding save, riding people's coattails to get to that position you want to get to. And then it's, you're acting like you did it on your own. You're just like, no, this is this takes a whole team. This takes a whole network of people. It takes the people that are directly in the, is, you know, involved in the movie as far as just everything involved in the movie. And then you're like, it also takes the fans to help this come out. It's not just me doing this, which... I just, I just think it's great. I love it. Yeah, and one of the biggest things is that everyone is a, is a cog in this Red Summer Massacre machine because I couldn't do it without Whitney. I couldn't do it without Zach. If Zach decided that he was going to quit tomorrow, I'd be devastated. I wouldn't mm-hmm. know what to do. If Whitney quit tomorrow, I wouldn't know what to do. If Mia told me that she didn't want to be in the movie no longer, then it would devastate me. If Brittany or Julie or Crystal told me any of that, it would devastate me because we have such a powerful team and we all trust one another and I'm putting faith into everyone. And we're all a gear in this machine. It's not just one of us. We're all working as a team. Even the cast is adding some great info, um, great backgrounds to their characters. I've talked to each one of them individual. Um, I've kind of gave them some homework to um, to kind of study to get their characters right. And oh, I like that. We are, yeah, exactly. It's something like Quentin Tarantino does. I'm not trying to be Quentin Tarantino, but he brings out the best in his actors. And I think that's really important. And 
like I said, it's not about me. I, if, if Mia came to me tomorrow and said, I can't do this film, I couldn't replace her. Mm-hmm. If Whitney came to me tomorrow and said, I can't do this, I have something else going on, I couldn't replace her. It's because we've all built strong bonds and we have all put our heart and soul into this. I just couldn't do it without them. And it's not about me. I can quit tomorrow and I think everyone can make the movie still. It's, it's, it's not about me. That wouldn't happen. Yeah. I was was going to say, like, I feel, I just feel like the vision you guys have, if any one of you guys quit, it's not going to be the same vision. It's not going to be the same vision at all. Even if you have the same ideas, it's just going to change. The energy is going to change. And I, I just, again, I just love how so far I've talked to you three, and you three pretty much in different words, we need each other. In different ways of yeah. saying it, we need each other. Like, this is a team. It's just like, I mean, I don't know if you guys watch sports or not, but just like sports. I'm a huge football fan. You, every player is just as important as the other. It's a team. If that one player's down or hurt or out because of whatever reason, then that changes a lot of things. And I think you guys, yeah, I love it. I just can't, like I said, I cannot wait to see this on screen. And I'm just like, oh, man, this is, I don't know what I'm going to say. Probably a lot of swearing, but ah. it'll be worth it. <laughs> well, like I said, you'll definitely see it on screen. I don't care if I have to sell testicles, you'll see it on screen. Well, I don't know how many testicles you're going to sell, Josh. You only have two. <laughs> <laughs> hey, as far as you know. <laughs> I mean, hey. That right there could be your I mean, if you have more than two, you might as well just bring that to somebody and be like, look, I have a bunch of testicles. I don't even want a lot of money. I just want you guys to back my movie. <laughs> well, yeah, around here we have a, a serial killer called the testicle snatcher. Oh. Now, I cannot uh I cannot confirm or deny that I'm that person. Uh, but I can sell testicles, trust me. That right there would be a fucking hilarious horror comedy. <laughs> <laughs> the oh, testicle man. snatcher. Yeah. That can be even thrown into an anthology one way or another. Right. <laughs> I would tune in for that. <clears throat> as crazy as that is. That's, that's one thing I do love about horror, though. Like, I know we're joking around and stuff, but it's like... For example, one of my favorite horror comedies is Thanksgiving. It's about a fucking killer turkey. There's no other genre of movie where you can say there's a, like, I'll use Marvel, for example. There's a superhero turkey. You're not really going to be interested in that. But if you're like, listen, there's a turkey that's killing people. You're going to want to go watch that movie. Why? I To this day, as much as I enjoy that movie, I have no idea why I watched that movie. And I've watched it multiple times. And I know I'm going to watch it multiple more times, but it just draws me to that. Like, there's no other... Horror is the only genre where it can, like, mix. You can do, like, horror romance. You can do, you know, the slasher horror. You can do the silly horror. And it's never going to be wrong. It might not be for everybody, but it's never going to be wrong. And that's the only genre you can do, like, anything with it. And it's never going to be wrong because there's always going to be a fan of it. You can't really say that about anything else. Yeah, absolutely. And Thanksgiving is um, a great film. It should win an Oscar. I loved it. Again, I have no idea why. Like, I can't tell you what I liked about that movie so much. It was just so ridiculous and funny. And it made no sense, but I can just watch it again and again and again. My wife, on the other hand, not so much. She's not really into <laughs> horror comedies. But, you know, again, they're not for everybody. And that, oh, man, I think I might watch that this week. <laughs> I 
I might, I just might have to this week. I and that's like one movie that I always recommend people to go watch. That I'm like, all right, do you like horror comedies? And they're like, yeah, watch this movie. There's yeah. so many other ones. Where like you, you have to check it out. I'm like if you can watch this movie and get through it, you can watch damn near anything. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But yeah, this. I'm glad you guys came on here. Like, I definitely got to thank you guys for that. I appreciate you two both coming on here. Whitney, for you coming on again. Absolutely. This is just. It's been a blast. This, I, I, I feel like, I, I almost feel like I live for that. I wish this was my nine to five, just podcasting all day, talking to other horror fans and all that stuff. It's, it's so fun and rewarding. Just people is actually sitting down to take their time out of their day, whether it be an hour, two hours, however long it is. Just to talk to me about a horror movie, whether it be their own movie or another movie or just horror in general, like that, that's awesome. I'm like, this is why I do this freaking podcast. Yeah, I love talking about horror, man. It's uh, it's one of my passions, and I love talking to like-minded people. Same yeah. here. <clears throat> and I remember, I be, I remember being on panels, and like, I was on a panel called uh, Horror Podcasting 101, I believe. And one of the first questions that they asked us was, um, do you make money off of podcasting? And I just laughed. <laughs> I was like, no. I said, it's, it's not impossible as far as like, getting ads and sponsors, but it's, it's rare. It's rare when it does happen. It's one. And then two, it's like, if you're doing something like this, and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, it's probably similar to the indie film scene. If you're doing something like this for money, you're going to be disappointed. You're not going to last long. I say, as far as podcasting goes, you'll maybe do four or five episodes. You're not going to see any results, and you're going to quit. You're not going to put your passion into it. If you're doing it as a hobby and for fun, and because you love that, whatever your podcasting or whatever any any type of independent horror, independent movie you're doing, if you have a passion for that, you're going to love it. You're going to put your all into it. If you make a million dollars in it, or if you make no dollars in it, you're still going to keep driving to do that because you love doing it. Yeah, and, um, you know, I know Whitney does some podcasting, and I actually do podcasting. Me, Zach, and uh, one of my friends, Andy, do podcasting at um, B-Movie Drive-In. And it's been, it's it's terrific fun just talking horror. And I think we have uh, recently talked to to Whitney about joining our uh, podcast. And, you know, I think that's, uh, it's going to be fun. Of course, we're all busy right now, but eventually, um, eventually we can uh, get together and do another episode. Because I think we have about, I want to say 10 episodes right now. And it's just, it's been, it's been fun, man. And trust me, we don't make money (laughs) at all. I know. Trust, believe me, I know. I have like 90-something episodes. I didn't make a dollar yet. I spent a bunch of money <laughs> as far as getting equipment and, you know, going places like the cool. Another cool thing about Scarecon, as a matter of fact, is I started this podcast. This January will be two years. So last January of 18 was, you know, I dropped my first episode and all of that. And that October... There was Scarecon, and I found out, you know, a few months ahead of time that I can get a media pass for my podcast, and they give you two media passes and a table for free. And I was like, holy shit, that's fucking awesome. Why not go and do that? And that right there is just a way to network. You meet a bunch of people, which I got to meet a bunch of cool people and just get them on here and or at least get them to listen to it at the very least. And I think it's like stuff like that I just love. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's loads of fun, and hopefully, I get to experience the con life. Because I'll be honest with you, I've never ever been to a con. Oh my goodness. Oh. I'm gonna You're gonna love it. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna give you some advice for the cons. This is if you if you're financially able to do it, I'll tell you two things. One, if you can afford the VIP party, again, it's, finances are all set to where you can more than afford it. Do the VIP. And my two things, if you're a collector like myself, and you see a Pamela Voorhees for ninety dollars in the box, buy it. <laughs> Don't skip over that and then get mad at yourself. What has it been like five years now? Because <laughs> you didn't get that. But seriously though, like if you're like if you're a collector and you see something there, and especially if it's just that one item there and it's a decent price, you have. And if you can afford it again, you have to get those. I tell people this all the time because you'll be kicking yourself again. Like I said, five years later because you didn't get that thing. And the only issue with it was the box was a little dinged up. It was between ninety and a hundred bucks, and I was just like, I left the con like I should have just freaking grabbed that. It was so stupid of me not to grab it. I don't remember what I... I'm sure I bought some cool stuff, but I don't remember what it was that I bought. So, yeah. I learned my lesson. <laughs> yeah, I'm um, I'm really excited to do it. Um, try, uh, I just never have been. It's like one of those things where I, ha- I have the money and everything. It's just things come up and mm-hmm. you just can't go. And hopefully before... Because I doubt that... I can't remember which ones are next, but... I think Days of the Dead, and there's another a monster, um, monster mania or monster party, mm-hmm. or something like that. I, uh, those two are coming in North Carolina um, next year, or well, yeah, this upcoming year, 2020. Nice. But hopefully, me, Whitney, and Zach can all go to those as a as a group, and we pass out flyers for the film and, oh, and yeah. stuff like that. That would be awesome. That would, yeah, that'd be great. I'm telling you, you'll have such a. It's like a kid in a candy store, like. I, it's at the point now, like if my wife, when my wife goes with me, I'm like a child, so I have to give her my money because I just go in there to start spending right away and end up broke before the day's over. <laughs> so I'm like, look, you hold the, she's like, I'm going to hold the money. And if there's something you really, really want and you really feel like you need to have it, besides my autographs, like I'll get my autographs taken care of first, then we'll do that. Because every year, these past few years, we'll, bring, we'll both bring, you know, we'll both bring a chunk of change or whatever. Mine's gone within a couple, within the first day, damn near. And she still has money on the third day. I'm like, what the, what, what the hell? So I'm like, all right, you hold my money because you know how I am. Like even, even money to eat with. Cause I'll spend, I'm like, okay, do I want this sub? I'm hungry. I didn't eat all day. Or, you know, I have, I should say these extra couple of dollars to get this figure over here because, you know, this is going to last longer. I can bring this home with me. The sub, I'm gonna, that's going to be gone. Let me get this. Yeah, I, I can't wait. I, I, I just can't wait. It's, it's definitely, um, yeah, it's it's definitely an experience. I feel any horror fan, if you're a real big horror fan, you should definitely try to go to at least one convention in your life. And after that one convention, it's like, you know, the, the lace potato chips thing. Once you have one, you're gonna want more. Or tattoos, you can't just have one. And that's yeah. how it is with cons. Even I think even more so with cons, just because, like I said, the atmosphere is so different. Like. I've been to horror conventions. I've been to comic cons. Horror conventions blow them out the water just because with horror conventions, I feel everybody that's at that con, nobody was dragged there. Like, you know how sometimes couples go to the comic cons and it's either the boyfriend or the girlfriend that's really into it and the other one's just going kind of for brownie points? Yeah. Horror conventions, it's like the complete opposite. People who are there actually want to, even if they're afraid of everything that's there, they really want to be there, which I just love. 
and I'm you could just tell by the atmosphere, by the attitude. You could tell by the like when you walk in, so you can just feel the energy. It's just like this is gonna be a great time. And so far, I've had a great time at every single kind I've been to. There's a couple of celebrities who you just like, eh, whatever. But you don't let that ruin your weekend. Yeah, and I think that's one of the big things. Like, I'm scared, so scared to meet some of the people who I idolize. And if they're going to be a dick, you just never know. Like, they can have a bad day, and mm-hmm. it just it just makes your experience uh, subpar to what it should be. And I think that's why sometimes I just choose not to go, because some people that I idolize, like, meeting Tom Savini would be great, but... I've heard people have horror stories from meeting Tom Savini. Yep. I've I've heard the same thing. Like, he's not really, um, not necessarily mean, but he's not really a people person type of thing, I guess. Yeah. Which, either way, I mean, I don't care. I would get his autograph just because all the awesome stuff he did. Yeah. But then there's, there's some, like, I had, uh, what the hell was it? The two guys from Scream, the two main guys from Scream. I've heard a lot of um, nice things about them. Ma- Matthew Lillard? Is that one of them? Yeah, Matthew and, Lillard uh, and Skeet, Skeet Ulrich. Yes. I've heard some great things about them, especially with, like, children. They're really good with children, this, that, and the third. But with my own eyes, I've witnessed them. My brother, so <clears throat> I think one of them, I don't know if they were just walking around the hall or whatever, but my brother's like, hey, how's it going, da-da-da. And he was like, you know, if you want to talk to me, come talk to me and get an autograph at my table. And stuff like that kind of rubs me the wrong way. And then there was a V. I heard, listening to another podcast, Someone was saying how they, him and their girlfriend met one of them at a VIP party, and they were pretty much the same way. Like, you know, they want to sit down and have a drink with them, take selfies and all that. That's what the VIP parties are all about. And the guy was like, come to my table tomorrow, get an autograph, and get a picture for 80 bucks. And shit, like, I'm just like, you're really going to act like that. You might as well just keep your stupid ass home because you're in Scream, which it's good, but it's nowhere near one of the best horror movies ever. And yeah. The funny thing, like, I'm weird because there's certain people who I, would, I guess I would kind of, not necessarily definitely, but kind of take the attitude from. Like, Kane Hodder is my favorite slasher, favorite horror icon of all time. So, for him, I would kind of take it, but I've met Kane Hodder in person, and he's nice as shit. So, it's like, come on now, you're really not that big of a deal. Robert England, I've met him before. He's pretty nice. He didn't act like that. So, it's like, you guys were in Scream. Relax. Yeah. And Scooby-Doo. Yeah. I just, I just don't, I don't care who, how, you know, then again, I don't even know if I'd want to spend my money if people act like that all the time. Cause it's like, it rubs you the wrong way. It's like, I'm, I'm spending my hard earned money to get your autograph, something that I'm a fan of. And you're going to treat the fans like that. Fuck that. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I um, make it a point to thank every single person who has liked our page, who has um, gave us any kind of feedback because Stuff like that, even though I'm not famous and I could care less if I ever get famous, it's the point of the interactions with people. I, I don't agree. want people to slander my name, and that I'm just not a mean guy. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I make it a point to thank people. Um, I tell people exactly how I feel. I'm pretty vocal on Facebook about my hardships and my life and stuff, and I've had uh, People message me saying, well, how did you ever get through this? How did you um, get through uh, trying to commit suicide and stuff? And I tell them because I'm an open book because I want to help people. I love people. And Mm -hmm. it just sucks the way the world is now that everyone has to get into politics and everyone is um, 
choosing sides and bickering back and forth and oh, everyone hates everybody and it's it's nonsense and that's exactly why i love the horror community so much is that we all agree on one thing and that's horror films yes yes and i i don't talk about politics ever but i'm with you on the, politics are worse than children i swear I can, I can get a group of kids that look different different races different everything they'll sit down and have a great time playing the whole day you get yep. you get one of the quote unquote diehard Republicans and uh, what's the other one Democrats in a room together, they'll be acting like children the whole damn just arguing the whole time about something that's point. And to me, it's kind of pointless. I'm like, you guys are arguing about this, but you really have nothing to do with it. You Absolutely, can have, just, that, it's, that's it's why terrible. I'd rather tell people to watch horror films yeah. and listen to politics. And then people comment, "Oh, uh, politics is horror." Yeah, but still, I'm telling people, let's all get together, watch a horror film, and stop talking about politics. Exactly, because politics is going to do nothing but divide us. Exactly, and I mean, at, at the very least, with a horror film, say if it's us three reviewing a movie, if one of us doesn't like it, that's perfectly fine. I'm not going to, oh well, you're you're a snowflake because you don't like Friday the Thirteenth. Like. That doesn't even make any damn sense. And we can all (laughs) sit together and actually have a conversation about why I didn't like this film. Yeah. And no, I'm not going to say everybody is like that, but some people are pretty opinionated because I remember that I had posted something on Facebook that I got crucified for about Rob Zombie because I didn't like uh, Three from Hell. I ended up having to take it down. Oh, God, it was rough. But it was... Not everyone is going to agree with you, and I think we all need to have open minds and open opinions about things so we can sit down and have just a nice conversation without arguing. I agree, unless you're a fan of Nicolas Cage, because he just needs to stop what he does. You might not know this, Josh, but uh, me and him have, um, even though we've never met and he doesn't even know I exist, we've been having issues for the past couple years, and he's he's trying to ruin me. What? (laughs) Yeah, he is. Well, I'll tell you why. He's he's being. I believe he's going to be cast in another horror movie. He was in one a couple, the Mandy movie. And I have great friends that I love to death, but they're assholes. They know how I feel about Nicolas Cage. So of course, you know I have the horror podcast. I review movies. What do we review? Mandy. <laughs> and I know what this next movie he's going to be in. I don't know what the hell it's called. I believe it's horror related though. They're going to want to do that, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna give it my honest opinion. But it's just. I just wish he would just knock it off. Do something different. Nah, nah, I can't agree on that one. <laughs> oh, no. You're a Nicolas Cage fan, Josh? Dude, he's my favorite actor. I hope you're joking. Uh, no, man, I, I love him to death. He puts his heart and soul in everything. He puts something into everything. I don't know if it's his heart and soul. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad he's not going to be in your Red Summer Massacre movie, because that would... I'm not gonna say that I wouldn't watch it, but um, I would definitely talk shit about his parts. No, man! Look, <laughs> he's the one that's coming in. He's the one that's gonna have a part in the movie. You can't uh, do that. You already know what's gonna. He's gonna do. He's gonna yell for no damn reason, make stupid faces, and probably do his own thing and not even follow the script. That's how I feel. <laughs> he does in every movie. You're right. <laughs> I'm like Nick. What are you talking? This isn't. We're not talking about the same movie. What are you doing? You just did this character 46 times. Stop. But I can't knock his house because people keep paying him to be in movies. So, I mean, he has yeah. that. That's the nice thing I can say about him. Other than that, no. Damn. 
I don't see me and him getting along at all. Like he he can give me his autograph, and I wouldn't even I wouldn't even accept it. I'm like no, I don't. Mm-mm. I'll throw it away right in front of him. Like I don't want this. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just can't. I try. Like I liked. Um, I did like Gone in sixty seconds, but that's because the beautiful cars and the beautiful women. And I liked Face Off, but I seen that as a child. I seen both of those pretty much as a child, so I could have been way off with that, or yeah. maybe not. But I'm sure we all have those actors or actresses we just cannot stand, and mine is Nicolas Cage, hands down. Damn. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> He's just the same in everything. Who's, well, I got a question. For, what's one actor or actress you two don't, you just cannot stand watching in a movie? Oh, God. Um, I can tell you somebody who I, I absolutely love that everyone hates. I can tell you that one better. Yeah, Nicolas Cage, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, Kristen Stewart, I think, is phenomenal in anything she's in. What was she, was she I, in? I, um, I don't know. Like, everyone just, like, jumps down her throat because she was in Twilight, but uh, I think she's okay. fantastic. Okay. What about you, Whitney? Um... I have to say Jennifer Aniston. You don't like her? No. <laughs> no. See, that's fair, it's, though. It, it's, it's just something about her. Like, she comes across as, like, she's so perfect and, like, goody-goody kind of thing. That's but. Understandable. Understandable. I mean, I don't know. I wish I could not not like Nicolas Cage, but I just, it's just one of those things. Maybe me and him need to have a sit down and patch things up. You definitely it, need to. Wouldn't that be hilarious if I go, if I just walk up to him one day, somehow I walk, like, look, Nick, we got to end this beef. Like, who, who are you? What are you talking about? <laughs> or he'll start yelling. And if he starts yelling, then I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to start yelling back. He's going to show you his Oscars. <sighs> Who'd he steal those from? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, this was such a fun, fun, fun time, though. I really, really appreciate you two coming on here. And I really cannot wait to see this Red Summer Massacre, Josh, so you got to hurry up. Well, thank you, man. We're going to try our best. Because it's, it's, like, seriously, just from the trailer alone, just from what you guys have told me, it sounds like it's going to be a really good time, a really fun movie, and a really fan-loved movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Every one of us is fans of the genre, and I think it's going to show in the film. And that's the best part. That's, again, what I love about the indie horror scene and the fan film scene, which I do not know the difference, if you guys can explain that to me. But I love how like people that are making these movies are really fans of the genre. Again, it's not just trying to make money. It's, I really love this genre, so this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, absolutely, and um, I hope we uh, do a good enough job so everyone likes it. Oh, you will, you will. You're gonna have haters, but that's fine. I look at it like if they're talking about if they're talking good or bad about you, they're talking about you. Someone can say they yeah. hate. Hey, I've seen the Red Summer Massacre. It was the worst movie I've ever seen. Now, us being horror fans, you're gonna go check just because somebody said it was the worst movie you ever seen. You're gonna go watch that movie. And be like, what the fuck? This was awesome. Hey, even if someone says that, that's one of the best compliments. At least they've seen it. Yeah. And with me, because I'm so weird, I'm the type of person, if somebody says a movie sucks, it's like the worst movie they've ever seen, I gravitate towards that versus, oh, this movie was fucking perfect. Because 
it, when somebody says that movie's so great, it's like my expectations are just through the roof. And it's like if it's not feeding my expectations, I'm not even gonna enjoy. It. Even if it's a great movie, like you know what, this movie sucked. Yeah. <laughs> you told me it was gonna be this, that, and the third, and it sucked. But you told me this movie sucked. This was fucking great. Look, if I go on Amazon and I see that my movie got one star, but it was 2,000 people gave it one star, I'm still going to be happy because 2,000 people see my film. Exactly. And that's that's how it should be, though. I mean, people are checking it out. At the very least, people are checking it out, talking good or bad about it. I'd rather them, I mean, I've given bad reviews for movies plenty of times, and I'm going to keep doing it, but... I do rate movies like independent movies and fan films. I rate them way different than I would rate, you know, rate any other type of movie. But I mean, if you have, a, I like it if legitimate, a legitimate reason for liking or hating the movie. As as that's how I am with it. Like if you have a legit reason for hating that movie, cool. Let me tell you, tell me why. But yeah. I try to say, um, my brother told me this. He was on an episode a while ago now, but he was like, when you're doing your reviews, like you should try to find at least one positive thing about a movie, even if it's something simple as just like something cool that looked cool in a movie. So <clears throat> I've been trying to get better and better with that. Like with Mandy, with the Nicolas Cage thing, he had a cool tiger shirt on. I did say that. <laughs> and he wasn't the worst part of that movie. I think I said that too, which, I mean, that's a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> For me to Nicolas Cage, that's a compliment. But it was just... What else have I said? Uh, Tales from the Hood Part 2. I don't know if you guys seen that. I do not recommend it. I will never tell anybody not to watch a horror movie, though, but I don't recommend it. That movie, the coolest thing about the movie was the guy's jacket and, like, the second story. Stuff like, like, little things like that is what I'll point out, but it was a, it was a disappointment. It almost hurt my feelings. It was so bad. Yeah, like, um, I, I really do hope that nobody gives us one star, but <laughs> I don't want them to, but I would love to, to, to see 2,000 people just see the film, and, I, and that would be happen. great. You, you know what it is, though? Like, as far as, I'll say the Tales from the Hood movie, we gave that a negative 13, but it was because they had the original one. You've seen how good that one was, and then it was, like, the same directors and stuff coming back to do yeah. that you would think that they would have added on to the older story, you know, added on to the older one or just kind of had similar, they just dropped the ball with it. I think that was the worst part of it versus say if it was somebody else that had nothing to do with the first one that came out and did that movie and redid yeah. it. Even if they did the same exact thing, as much as I hate that movie, I might have liked it a little bit more just because it's like, okay, it was somebody else doing this. Somebody with a fresh idea, somebody, you know, but it's the same people that were involved in it as far as directors and all that. I'm like... You guys shouldn't even made that. You should have just let it stay back there. But, yeah. you know, and then with your guys' movie, it's fresh idea. You're going to have hardcore fans. Even if you only have, which you're going to have way more. Even if you only have 10 fans, you're going to have a shit ton more. You're going to have those hardcore fans that are going to be like, listen, you need to go see that Red Summer Massacre. You need to get it. The movie was awesome. The cast was awesome. It was a fun movie, fun trailer, all that good stuff. It's going to happen. Yeah, I hope so. I know so. It is. I just well, thank you. I appreciate it. I just like I said, man. I can't wait to see it. I'm a huge fan of horror, especially the indie slash fan film scene. Just because, again, like it's somebody like me sitting down that has all these ideas running through their heads, and they're actually doing something with those ideas and putting these out there, and they love that genre. It's not again. It's not hey, shit. I got an idea for a movie. We have a million dollar budget. Let's go do it. It's like look, I got an idea for a movie. I have a. $26 in my pocket. <laughs> let's let's go do something. Let's go have some fun with it. 
Yeah. I know it's I know it's more for your guys' film, but I'm just I'm just saying, just using that as an example. Like in general, like people just go out there and just do something. Yeah, and um, that's what we, we're ma- we're making it a point, you know, to post things on our group page and everything because we want to keep people involved. We want to keep people, um, you know, looking at our group page, say, oh, well, Blu-rays are only thirty dollars, mm-hmm. or um, a poster is only ten dollars, and you get it signed by the whole cast, you know, and taking taking polls for um what's your favorite horror movie of the year and stuff like that getting people involved is uh is really important and even if everyone that has been a member of the group where i think we're at a thousand people now even if they gave five dollars you know that's five thousand dollars we put into making the film i agree and um i don't know i i think we'll uh we're pushing for our budget and i think that uh i think we'll get it i, I have faith in our I have faith in our, our uh, crew, our cast, and this whole system we got. So I think we'll get there. I do, too. And again, like I said, from somebody who, when I can, as far as back in the indie go goes, like you're saying, the Blu-ray is only 30 That's not bad at all. And then just as something simple as, like, how people just pay the 5 bucks to get their movie in the credits, or their name in the credits. Little stuff like that. Making the fans involved one way or another really does help a lot. And that's me speaking as a fan, because you see... You see some campaigns where it's not really like an Indiegogo. It's more of like a GoFundMe type of thing. Yeah. And I don't do it on purpose, but it's like I don't really tend to click on those as much as I do the Indiegogo thing where it's like, okay, well, I can get, you know, look, when this movie comes out, I'm going to get this Blu-ray versus you going, you know, I'm not saying that's the money for the GoFundMe because I know it is going towards that movie, but you're not really seeing anything from it. So, you know what I mean? You're like, okay, well, I'm putting my money to it towards this but what am i getting out of it yeah the movie's gonna be made but it'd be cool if i put this 30 40 bucks towards this and i get a blu-ray from it or something and you know the indiegogo i, I love that route so i feel like if you guys what you guys said you're going to be doing that's gonna be a really good route yeah and um I'm sure we're gonna have little bundles and stuff like that for people who just who wants a poster and a blu-ray and their name in the credits will uh Mm-hmm. We'll put a little bundle together, and I think that's really important, making everything affordable for people. I agree. I, I said, again, being as a fan and not being rich, having Nicolas Cage money, I would love it that you guys make stuff affordable. <laughs> right. It's it's the best, man. And like I said, I, I wish you guys the best. I really have high hopes for this, and I think it's going to really do great just by the way you guys all stick together and just have like that – um that family aspect to it as far as just being like a real big team and sticking with that, that, that right there will take you a long way. Well, thank you, man. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. And I just, <laughs> I'm just excited. I, this is what I wake up for. I feel just to hear new ideas for horror, see new ideas for these movies and getting to talk to people like you guys again. That's just, that's awesome for me. I'm like, okay, these guys are going to be in this awesome movie either directing it or being in it, they're connected to the movie one way or another, and I get to talk to them. That's awesome. Yeah, I can't wait for you to see it, man. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait either. And is there anything you two want to plug before we get out of here? Or? Uh, just go see the movie, Red Summer Massacre. Um, just We're going to be filming it in August, hopefully, and our Indiegogo is going to be running through... February 7th. I think it's going to run for three months and um, just a dollar would help us out. 50 cents will help us out. You know, it all goes to um, the blood. It all goes to the promos. It all goes to the actors, the DP. It, none of it gets put in our pockets. I could care less about making a dime from this movie. 
just as long as this movie gets made. I like that. Exactly. I love that, actually. You got anything you want to add to that, Whitney? Um, I, I agree 100% with what Josh said. It's uh, The support from from all the fans means everything to us. Mm-hmm. So that, that's who we're doing it for. Um, so we can't wait to show you what we've been, what we've been working on. See, and I, again, I can't wait to see it. I've seen, like I said, I've seen the trailer and then bits and pieces, which you guys are allowed to say, but I'm just like, I just cannot wait to see the actual vision of it. And I, I know it's going to be great. Thank you. You're welcome. And again, thank you guys both for coming on here. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. I had a great time and we got to do this again sometime. We definitely have to do this again. When yeah, it was it was fun. I really enjoyed it. And uh, I will say, actually, I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you guys after. Let me close this up, and then I'll talk to you guys right after because I have a couple things I want to tell you guys. Okay. But okay. um, thank you for the fans that are listening to this. Definitely go check out the Red Summer Massacre Facebook group, and check them out on YouTube. Check out that trailer. Check out my trailer review for the movie. If you listen to my podcast and somehow you still don't know where you can find me, which I am not sure how yet I'm on every podcast platform for the most part, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and any other one that's out there. I'm also on YouTube. So check that out. I have a Facebook group and a Facebook page called horror research 30. Please join that and just keep talking some horror. If you ever want to be on an episode, shoot me an email horror with sir dot 30. Again, that's horror with sir dot 30 at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. As always, I'll see you in your nightmare.